Recorded live. When he tells us at Matthew 6, after reading about the scribes and the Pharisees in Matthew 23, he tells us, uh, let's see, Matthew 6, what did I have, Jeremiah? What? Where did, I, where did I have Matthew 6? Uh, 33. 6.33. Yeah. So in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 33, after telling us about giving and treasures in heaven and not to fret and to worry, but he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. So the kingdom of God has something to do with the righteousness of God. And the church world has been teaching all manner of other kinds of things as important to our Christian growth, our Christian uh, belief, and so forth, and have not taught us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So when we think about how we have been kept away from these fundamental principles of the gospel of the kingdom, then we've lost the major central theme. I mean, the parables reveal the gospel of the kingdom was Christ's central ministry theme. And that word word kingdom means king's dominion. Wherever a king establishes a dominion, a law or a decree is set out regarding the order of that dominion. In other words, what is the behavior that's going to be tolerated? What's not going to be tolerated? How is it going to be accepted? So when you look at this so when you look at this Supreme Court decision, I look at this and I say, We're in the kingdom of we the people here. And this Supreme Court ruling, while many people think that it has the appearance of great victory for religious liberty or religious freedom, it has nothing whatsoever of the sort other than the religious freedom and the religious liberty that this court says it will allow. And it said so in its ruling. It said We will look at these things on a case-by-case basis. This is not a landmark decision. This is not something that you should, you know, uh, uh, say overturns same-sex marriage, overturns, you know, gay rights as as a a, uh, protected class. So, So I look at this and say, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom, and this is what's being tolerated and what's not being tolerated. And occasionally you will see, if you look back in Roman history 
and other kingdom histories, you will find that they needed to do what pleased the masses. And that's totally contrary to the kingdom of God because he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that you have need of will be added unto you. Well, you're you're missing something. I know it. Tell me what I'm and, missing. And you may uh-huh. not be missing, but but there's certainly somebody wants us. Somebody doesn't want us to even know what the kingdom is. Amen. And has purposely led us another direction, whether it be personal salvation or loving our enemies. Uh, those seem to be the two things that seem to predominate all modern religions. Those two things. And nary a word about kingdoms at all. I mean, period, nothing. You can say it in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. But I would say most of us don't even know what that means. Based on what happens... Go ahead. I just said, based on what I have observed. Yes. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And, And that's what I say when you think about it. It is we the people's kingdom. Yeah. Which is why, you know, I started the series on... America's constitutional idolatry. It's not... Go ahead. As to say, which is idolatry. And so it sounds like we're getting close to a solution here. And I know that's what you have always pursued, as have I. There is a solution. So let's expound on that solution. Well, right, and... And the solution is, is this king's dominion, um, if in America it is we the people, it establishes the parameters of governance. Um, But in the king dominion of Jesus Christ, the kingdom that he spoke about, that I say is his predominant ministry theme, the gospel of the kingdom of God, this rule establishes the pattern of uh, parameters of governance also, but it is not a church dominion. It's not even a territorial or a physical government over a domain other than the entire created existence. So in that sense, it is territorial and it is physical over the entire domain. And the apostles... The prophets, they maintained this prevailing theme that was expressed in the parables that were recorded by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Christ, the prophets, the apostles, they all conveyed the kingdom of God, gospel message. Love, honor, obey the true God and him only. Creation's God. Repent. Repent of wicked ways within the sinful dominion. Apply the foundational divine laws on a personal level within the present age. 
And there is the solution. But we just heard a Supreme Court decision where some are out there chattering about as a great victory for religious liberty. But right in the decision itself, it tells you, no. We will tell you on a case-by-case basis what we believe is a religious uh, argument or non-argument. In fact, as I say, for the most part, the decision itself was really just to cover their butts with this commission of Colorado that acted out in an egregious manner of intolerance toward this guy's religious belief and in such a manner that it warranted Supreme Court acknowledgement of it. And so what? So what? We, uh, we take one of our own and we slap them down a little bit and say, now, now, you've got to let these sheeple have a little bit of consideration toward their faulty religious beliefs, but religious nonetheless. Good evening, Central Massachusetts. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. What say you? Well, I looked at the at the faces on some of the losers in that battle, and they were pretty upset that they that the Supreme Court didn't bow down and kiss their butts. You're 15 minutes late, Richard. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Russell said you're 15 minutes late, but you know you caught a little bit of it there. My flavor of the thing is is that this this is not the victory parade that that we're looking at here. Well, um, you know it, it's we didn't win the war, but we won the that battle anyway, and and it's a good start. Well, I think it's a delusion. I don't believe that we won anything there at all. Which was really better. That wasn't bad either. Seven to two with that little witch Ginsburg and the other, uh, the lesbian voted against it. But but what Doug's point is, is, and I stepped right in the same pile, I didn't read the details of the decision. And uh, so we were discussing that before you came on, and listening to the details of the discussion, we found out that it wasn't a pro-God ruling at all. It let me a, let me let me let me read it. Let me read one portion of it again. The outcome of cases. This is Kennedy's uh, um, majority decision. Quote, the outcome of cases like this in other circumstances must await further elaboration in the courts, he wrote, all in the context of recognizing that these disputes must be resolved with tolerance, with undue disrespect to sincere religious beliefs, and without subjecting gay persons to indignities when they seek goods and services in an open market. Now, my God tells me that if somebody is anti, you're to have no fellowship with them, including baking them a cake to go and perform their frivolities. 
and their sins. So when he says the outcome of cases like this in other circumstances, he's telling you there'll be other cases with other circumstances and they must await further elaboration in the court. We already know what they did with one of those circumstances. They shoved it at us and said, you do not know and do not understand these people do have a right to have a status of a legal marriage. So so my point is is that for all the 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 victory laps that want to be run on these kinds of things, I think people fail to recognize and really look at the decisions and realize what we've got going on is the same thing that we've had going on for 150 years. We have man ruling by the, at least in America, we have man ruling by their own authority. And this is what God told us in the scriptures was Israel's downfall. So for us to take a perceived victory lap on something like this, with them clearly telling you in the decision this isn't a landmark decision. This is a decision that we made, and quite frankly, he says that it was about the bias that the commissioner in Colorado exuded. Yeah. And so they had. So the Go point ahead. here, the point is, he's admonishing the commissioner in the case. Yeah, I, I understand he's doing that. But they clearly realized that they lost this case, that this case is a losing case for them, and they've had win after win after win in all these states that they've been pummeling Christians at every angle. So I, I'm still looking at this thing as, a, as positive. And I realize, okay. you know, that okay, they had so a, so do the rest of the Christians look at this as positive and say, hey, we're on a winning course now? Does, is, is, that, is that what everybody is going to clamor for now is, is, and lay down their weapons as they so often do and no, say, I well, there's... they're going to lay them down. I think they're going to pick up extra ones now. <laughs> and and they'll go, the, go with inertia. You know, I mean, they've got, they've got a positive win and it was clearly a positive win because of his Christian values were being violated. So I think that um, it's going to encourage people to stand up more against the enemy. Well, it's my own well, personal feeling, but I'm looking at this thing as it could have well, been better. You know, it could have been a better looking decision, but it was clearly a Christian win. Well, Rich, if they had said that, I believe you'd be right. Well, they sort of did. They said that his religion... No, no, you can't, Rich, you can't take sort of did and throw it out there and hope that it sticks. I'm not going to allow that. They They said that the Baker's religious beliefs weren't met with tolerance. Right? And you find that victorious? Yeah, well, they made they 
they acknowledged that this and they acknowledged that that he wasn't treated with tolerance and, and the other guys spout tolerance but they don't give it. So I I think it clearly made the other side look bad anyway and and actually the the um the ones who, who went in to nail the guy were from Massachusetts. Probably personal friends of Barney Frank. Probably personal friends of Rich and Nancy. <laughs> no. I I'm don't kidding. think so. <laughs> How come it is that every bad thing comes out of Massachusetts? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the country was started here. I think this... Uh, they're working up to 2020, where it's the 400th anniversary. Well, I hope that what we hear out of Massachusetts is minority news. You know, I, as far as these bad people, I hope they're in the minority. Uh, and I hope the elections are all rigged, because sane people cannot follow the path that they followed, such as Teddy and, and all the Kennedy family and all the garbage that comes out of there. That's got to be well, just fake news. I want to I go back and make the argument using the court's own words and making Rich have to eat crow. <laughs> the out, Quoting, once again, the outcome of cases like this in other circumstances must await further elaboration in the courts, he wrote, yeah. all, in the con- all in the context of recognizing that these disputes must be resolved with... Say it for me, Rich. Well, he was the scumbag that, that um, <laughs> cast the same vote on say the it, marriage. Say it for me, Rich. Say, say it what? for me, Rich. What's the word he used? Must be resolved with big T word. The big T word. Tolerant. Oh. To see what I mean? It's very crafty, isn't it? Well, it's almost like we made the decision and now I'm kind of half trying to apologize for what we did. <laughs> you have a lot of faith in those people on that bench. I don't. No, I don't. They have a bunch of scumbags. Especially my favorite, the favorite of all times, is that little witch Ginsburg. And oh, yeah. a little pretty. I can see her dissolving in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you said they're a bunch of scumbags. But maybe the black guy's not a scumbag. I don't know. But he's, he's got a white wife. Well, he he seems to rule uh, correctly in a lot of decisions, doesn't he? Yeah, he. You know, I can't I can't complain with his rulings. He's uh, he's conservative, but he's a miscegenator too. Yeah, and wasn't he slandered pretty good when he was trying to get in? Again, yeah, but I don't know. Black, Anita Hill. Yeah, and again, I don't know whether it's true or false. That's why I do believe they ought to have severe penalties for slander. Yeah. Very severe penalties, and I think we'd see a lot less of it. Well, yeah, he's God's, God's law and convict them. 
let them have the same punishment as the liar. Yeah. That, exactly. Exactly. But this is what we're talking about. We're talking about man's dominion here. Yeah, why have we not heard any more about Roy Moore's accusers? Either it was true or false, wasn't it? We were saying that the other day. What happened to him? He just fell off the map. Yeah, and if that were false, wouldn't you aggressively go after those people? Well, if you were aggressively going after, you think the mainstream media would even say a word? Right, no. They they would black that out big time. Well, I I don't know that Sucker Carlson would. Well, but let me say this, though. Once again, no, maybe Tucker Carlson, you know, might carry a story on it somewhere. But um, but think about this. And this is the tool that they have used. And when you look at what we see, have, have, have realized, I guess, and it has become patently evident, Think of all the money that Barack Obama basically siphoned out of the system. And that all goes into the the Democratic coffers and so forth, not to mention the rich billionaires themselves. But when you think of stealing billions of billions of dollars and then using them to fund your purposes, you can bury a guy like Roy. What, What is Roy Moore going to do? I mean, we see this all too often, and I I myself am a witness of it as well. What do I do when I am out-moneyed, you know, $100 to a penny or maybe $500 to a penny? Uh, So you you have to recognize that him going after his accusers is not that simple because the money backing the accusers and that court, you know, that arena, that the accusers arena of of those that he's like got to get the prosecutors to go after him too. He can't do that personally. Exactly, and you know, if you're in prison, that makes it extremely difficult. But even being out, you know, what prosecutor wants to to take it? What you know? So the whole thing is corrupted. It's, you know, we just read about it throughout Matthew 23. Okay, all right. Now, here's the other thought. Maybe she was telling the truth. We don't know. Because men act in strange ways when they're not around their church people. Now, I'm just throwing that out there because I've seen it with my own eyes. I I saw a church, uh, a major member of a church, and we we asked him, did he or did he not commit the crime? His response was, under my lawyer's advice, I cannot comment. And it was a crime of adultery. And he's the one of the if to meet the guy you'd say he's the most wonderful Christian man you ever met. You, you see what I'm saying? I guess he wasn't and, paying attention to Paul when he says, "Let your yea be yea and your nay ye nay." Well, well, I guess he wasn't. I guess he wasn't paying attention to Christ either. 
who said that he came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And so therefore, let the adulterer and the adulteress be put to death. Well, I don't think he's in, I don't. He touted the Ten Commandments, best I remember, was his claim to fame. Uh, so? On the, court, on the courthouse lawn. Yeah. And we got, oh, you're, we talk, got a, you're talking. You're, you're talking about more, not this other guy. Yeah, that's 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 what I was talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about some other preacher. Then all of a sudden, well, no, I'm, well, I was talking about a preacher that that we knew of. He just left town in the middle of the night. But my point was, it is possible. It's possible that Roy Moore did those things that those women talked about. It was 30 years ago, and he never yeah. seemed—he never seemed to to get on the offensive. He seemed passive. His comments were, "It didn't happen. I didn't do it." Much like Mr. Trump. And then we find out Mr. Trump turned it into locker room talk, which I still haven't figured out what that means. Uh, so what I'm saying is, is there's that possibility. We don't know. But like, no. like I said, uh, it, I, under the ideal situation, you put them both under oath and ask them. And I'm not even sure if under oath is the right word. But well, if if it's a maledictory oath, and a maledictory oath is they 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 affirm the condemnation of God and the curse upon them in that oath, uh-huh. and so they bring they they bring the wrath of God upon them in the oath. That's what the maledictory oath is in the Old Testament scripture. Is that when you make that oath, you are swearing that it is God's prerogative to therefore strike you down or do unto you whatever his will would be. Mm-hmm. And so that maledictory oath would certainly be a catalyst for truth as opposed to uh, a person just going ahead and, and falsely testifying. There's a great example. Roy Moore could have said, hey, world, let's meet right here on this mountaintop and see which one of us is telling the truth. Yeah, it could have been an Elijah moment, couldn't it? Yeah. But instead, we didn't see that. And, of course, he got slaughtered, and they mopped up the room with him. And we started to see something like that happen in Virginia with Mr. Blankenship. And he got rolled. I mean, he didn't even, he did nothing, but they were touting him as as a righteous man. And we look into this history, it didn't look very righteous. Well, and I bring all this up because they put Billy Graham on a pedestal. And I'm not so sure he belonged on a pedestal. In fact, I think he was a he was a red herring. And actually, in my opinion, 
misled a lot of people from the kingdom. He is the media's anointed one, you know, so. Well, you know, that brings up a point. Um, I heard uh, a little news ditty that his son came out and said something to the effect that Christians need to stand up and stand for their beliefs. Now, that's just a paraphrase. It's a summation of what the gist was. Now, I, I, I have not looked for the quote or tried to confirm it. Did anybody hear anything similar to that in the news in the last week? I've heard not in the last week. All right. Well, I don't know. What? I've heard that kind of talk from a lot of them. Um, well, um, the thought occurred to me, if such was the case, that isn't that a testament because his father spent most of his career as a, uh evangelical preacher telling people just to accept Jesus and, and come and receive him into, into the heart. Well, uh-huh. that that's similar... The thing that we heard out of out of uh, uh, the um, uh, I'm looking for the word of the which church group, but basically the mainstream churches, I suppose, uh, uh, that said basically this home is not your own. They're waiting for the rapture. I mean, all of those doctrines that were wrapped up into into that as well. And so, in essence, to now have somebody coming forth and say. We need to we need to stand for the principles and the beliefs. Well, that's that's the gospel of the kingdom, and that's what I tried to express in this series on the war strategy parables. Because the the gospel of the kingdom is the primary theme of Christ's entire ministry recorded in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Mark Luke, and John, and. Um, it's a tragedy of our existence to believe that with this really a near autonomous belief that those that are set over us as leaders and teachers and spiritual guides are, you know, supposed to have properly taught us what the mission was of Jesus Christ. And that has not been done. And that's what I was saying to you a few weeks ago, Russell, that I am more and more convinced that even the kingdom preachers, which I gravitated toward 30 years ago, they stopped teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and began to teach a lot of other things and left the gospel of the kingdom of God set by and and it, it gets forgotten. It gets forgotten and then it's no wonder why People don't engage the kingdom of God. He is calling us, he has commissioned us to engage this kingdom of his creation and to bring about his righteousness in the kingdom. That is the gospel of the kingdom. That is the good news. He came to earth to reinstate the very covenant that his people had broken when he had commissioned them to be his servants, 
to the world to bring about the blessings into the four corners of the globe or the four corners of the flat earth. Well, we missed it. Yes, we 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 stopped hearing the good news of the gospel of the kingdom because it stopped being preached. And when it stopped being preached, we lost our existence. We lost our mooring. We lost our purpose. I shouldn't say our existence, but we did. If you do not have the purpose, the God, and yet they'll talk about the purpose-driven life. Yeah, that you know, guy was a fake and a phony. And a deceiver. Just like the Crystal Cathedral guys, the deceiver, just like Joel Olstein. Um, he said he doesn't talk about sin because he believes it's divisive. Say that again. Joel Osteen believes that he, the reason he doesn't discuss sin is because it's divisive. And oh. He said we need to yes, come together. We need to come together as one in unity. So you get unity if you just preach anything goes, I guess. Let's go back. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe. Boy, I sure wish I hadn't used that highlighter I did on this. Believe the gospel. It really skewed the words... uh, so I made a mistake in my Bible and I used a highlighter and it, it uh, made it almost illegible for me. But my problem, not yours. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom uh, the, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. What did, what did he say the gospel was? The gospel of the kingdom of God. God, Mark chapter one fourteen, and when he tells us there in Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. What is the kingdom of God? The righteousness of God. And what did He commission His people to do? To be the righteousness of God, the light of the world, the salt of the earth. So propagandists for Christ. Absolutely, propagandists for Christ. Oh, wait, that's a dirty term. Huh? Sorry. That's a dirty term, isn't it? Well, no, it's not. Well, no, it's not. Literally. Yeah. Go ahead. It means seed planter. You plant seeds. Whatsoever you sow it, you reap. That's a kingdom promise. Yeah, and it was Richard Hoskins that said to me one day when I phoned him about some different things, he says, 
our propaganda has to become better. Yeah. See, that's, that's a term that he understood and had no problem using the term because in war, that's the term that they use in war is propaganda. Well, and the propaganda... But, but, under, but understanding what the word means, as you just eloquently stated, puts it all in perspective. That's my point. Well, I was going to say the dirty propaganda is promoted by the propagandists. The ones that don't understand. Actually, they do. They're just planting seeds for the adversary. They're, They're seed planters for a different good news. And I submit to you, the other side has a gospel as well. And it's the kingdom of man. Amen. Or the kingdom of creation, of a, uh, the kingdom of anything but God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Anything other than that, that's their kingdom. It's now, the kingdom of Judaism. It's the kingdom of Catholicism. It's the kingdom of Christianity also, if it is not rooted on and founded upon the biblical truth in the gospel of the kingdom of God. If it is if it if it is based on a false Christianity, a Pharisaical Christianity, then it too is propaganda. Which makes me beg to to ask the question: Why did Cain hate God so much? Why did Eve hate God so much? What did God ever do to them but good? Was it genetics? If the queers can claim genetics, maybe the evil Cain and Eve can too. Maybe well, have you, ever, have you ever considered this? You see, God knew that the only way that you purge the sin of murder is with blood. So have you ever ever considered that these people are the kinds of people who don't like blood or who have this aversion toward the very essence of that? And as such, when Cain brought his um, offering it lacked the understanding and the acknowledgement of the blood. And yet, in his hatred, or whatever it may have been, his aversion to blood, he did the very thing which his anger compelled him toward, and he killed Abel, and therefore God says to him, you know, Abel's blood cries out from the ground. Now, I'm just saying, it is something that I think to consider that perhaps that might have been some of what was going on. And you can have, you know, as you had in the case of Cain and the case of Abel, as you had in the case of Esau, in the case of Jacob, 
and in the case of many other instances in the biblical record. They're of the same family. You look at the 12 tribes. You look at Reuben. You look at the despicable act that Reuben engaged in. And you can just go on down the line. I mean, what are we supposed to conclude? Um, God chooses the 12 tribes of Abraham, and then there's these despicable, you know, aspects of these. Are we just uh, supposed to believe and 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 somehow conjure up in our minds that this is, uh, you know, some putrefy putrefaction of the seed in 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 uh, in Jacob's 12 sons? No, it's man. It's the carnal desires of man and the carnal wishes of man that he cannot control and that he cannot and seeks not and desires not to come into conformance with righteousness of God, the kingdom of God. Which gets back to God created a free agent in terms of decision-making and does not force himself on anybody per se until death, I guess. And then, well, and what it, and 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 that's expressed by Christ in the New Testament. He 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 certainly did not want those who acted in such despicable behaviors. You know, repentance is key. And as Christ said, you know, I speak this way because those hearing might not hear lest they should repent and I should heal them. Yep. You don't hear that? What? You don't hear that one preached on very often. No. And, you know, I was thinking about all the things about Matthew and forgiving your brother and, you know, loving your enemies and all that. There, that is a delusion that has been taught to our people as well. Because even when you look at our former ministry, you, we heard it from the broadcast that you are to forgive 70 times 7. Mm-hmm. But that is not true. It is a lie. The scripture says if he repents, you are to forgive him. So there was a... Um... There was a clause there that is omitted frequently. Yes. Very frequently omitted. Um, now why why would why would somebody seek to omit such a such a strong activating clause? Well, the same reason they boldly proclaim God loves you unconditionally. That is bull. He puts lots of conditions on his love. Amen. 
That'd be just like you standing, your child standing before you and says, well, you don't love me, mom or dad. Because if you loved me, you wouldn't treat me the way you do. And you wouldn't put all these restrictions on me. Mm-hmm. Boy, if that isn't isn't the created telling the creator... What's up? Mm-hmm. What happened with Rich? Well, I don't know. Did, are you just listening, Rich? We got yeah, too I'm deep. Been getting, <laughs> what do we do? Get too deep? What's that? Been getting hammered by allergies. Oh, you are. Yeah. Pollen is like a quarter inch thick on the cars. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty thick on our pond for uh quite a quite a number of weeks and we got two back to back pretty good showers and uh that pounded it apart pretty good, so it's it's now part of the, the water aqua system, I guess. That's about the only thing that gets rid of it is a good rain. Hey, I have a question to ask both of you all, and I know this is a diversion, but please allow it. Mr. Clinton said that he came out of the White House $16 million in debt. Did you read that? Yeah. That's $2 million a year. Yeah, and now they're multimillionaires, and nobody will discuss how they earn that money. Where did it come from? They'll say they wrote a book and did a speech. That's good business, huh? <laughs> I, I don't mean to go off, but I, I do mean to say this. If you can't smell something wrong with a man raping woman after woman and then saying, I'm as much a victim as they have are, and then coming out and saying uh, that uh, I've apologized to everybody in the world, but I'm not going to apologize to her. And, I mean, this, this is these, Bill and Hillary are the kingpins of the other side. These are the people we're supposed to aspire to. And they can't go one day without berating or belittling or besmirking Mrs. Trump. What did she do? Now they're calling her a, a whack job. What do you think the chances are Lewinsky was a Mossad agent? Well, can you imagine them talking about Michelle like they're doing the president's wife? It's 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 black and white. Your ch- your choices of good and evil, and so back to the kingdom of righteousness. You know when you see unrighteousness, don't you, Doug? You can smell it. I'm waiting for Michael to come out of the closet. Well, it's very possible. Because they certainly had a soft spot in their heart for queers, didn't they? 
Have you ever considered that it takes about a year and a half to sanitize all the records and to to clean everything up so you can come out with a with a good story that that the people will basically roll their eyes at and say, "Well, I guess that's what happened." <laughs> because because we're uh, we're almost two years into this thing, uh-huh. and as far as uh, as far as Trump is concerned, uh-huh. and uh, I heard today on the news that Manafort is, uh, I guess, uh, uh, the special prosecutor. What's his name? Mueller. He's yeah. uh, he's looking at him as as witness tampering and is thinking about getting him thrown in jail and I thought you know that that one circuit court judge or whoever it was that said you don't want you don't you only want Manafort to put the screws to him so that he'll give you what you want on Trump or what you think you need or whatever and I thought boy the only way that would succeed when I hear today that he's thinking about throwing him in jail for witness tampering, I thought, well, that makes perfect sense. We need to get Manafort in in the box so that we can apply the pressure because that's the only place it looks as if they have a place to apply pressure. And so in the same sense that we have the sons of Belial in the days of uh, Ahab and Jezebel, um, you know, are we going to get, you know, a Manafort who's going who's gonna to sing because he does not like being locked up and his lack of millions and, and his, uh, his great lifestyle. So just really kind of hit me. Hearing that little ditty, I thought, well, that makes perfect sense. you got to get him locked up so you can get him to sing. doesn't do any good when he's out there able to run around with a bracelet on. Still haven't heard a word from our Attorney General, have you? No. He's a quiet one, isn't he? Yeah, he's a quiet one. I haven't haven't heard what he's doing about the border and securing it. I haven't heard... uh, what he's doing about what he's doing about cleaning the IRS abuses up the I, I I just I don't hear anything. But Doug, what if he's one of the gators in the swamp? Oh, I I there's no doubt everybody down there is a part of the swamp. I mean, but but let me tell you what Trump did. What Trump did with those Philadelphia Eagles that took courage. It was a small thing, but I applaud him for that. He told them to shove it. He told the whole Eagles team to shove it where the sun don't shine. Because they'd scheduled this big White House party for this football champion Eagles. And they they weren't even going to come. They were going to throw a few of their white players down there. You know what I was wondering when I heard that today? I was wondering, I just wonder, when we get to about August, late August, first part of September, 
I just wonder. I just wonder what the advertising dollars are going to look like for the NFL, and if the NFL is going to be scratching their head saying, you know, we don't really have the advertising budget uh, that we've normally had, and I don't know whether we're going to be able to carry these games. I hope so. I hope it shuts down and goes into bankruptcy. That would be the funniest thing I've ever witnessed. And you know there's somebody planning another league, and that would just be so uh, full of irony. These idiots don't. Would that be a white guy's league? They they don't even don't even know the man that feeds them. No. Well, but it makes it makes it makes perfect sense because look, Hollywood does not understand the hand that's fed them. Um, the politicians do not understand the hand that's fed them, and this is what elitism does. This is what the Pharisees of Matthew twenty-three looks like. They enlarge their garments. They do all the things to be seen of men. This is what they are. This is nothing new under the sun. They are the little people of society. In the yes. Big world. They, they're quite possibly uh, blooming idiots. I mean, seriously. Um you, you can't. A donkey knows its master, but they don't know who their master is. If Rich was to open up a sword sh- shop and then run a campaign about how evil swords were, he wouldn't sell a bunch. Think there's a market for that? <laughs> I think there is for swords, but please, in your commercials, say stuff positive. Everybody walking in the door is wearing a turban. (laughs) Say good things about the sword and the people that carry them. I I can't think of of an occupation that has helped black men more than professional sports. Now, taking into account it uh, it destroys their body and maims them for life, uh, they certainly get out of the ghetto, don't they, Doug? Or do they? Or do they go from one ghetto to a different kind of ghetto? They've always said yeah. that's, their, their, that's their only way out. How many times have you heard that? That sounds like adultery, doesn't it? Well, it's definitely something else because, uh, well, it's prostitution essentially. I mean, it's uh, it's the same thing as you do what you do in order to uh, um, in order to in order to have the life that that you seek and desire, or um, the flesh, and um, so that's that's what they do. And you know, and and why? Prize fighters. What's that? It's like a gang of prize fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, 
you know, I've always said voting was nothing but self-gratification because they always come on and say it made me feel good to vote. But nothing changed. I've heard guys say, I just felt good to pull that lever. It felt good, huh? They felt good to vote against Hillary. <laughs> well, well, you know, and this this decision is one more thing. Like I say, uh, uh, if if you want the kingdom of God and his righteousness in America, then there will not be tolerance for that which is not the righteousness of God. And Jesus Christ clearly told us, bring those mine enemies who would not that I should rule over them before me and slay them. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that something that Russell asked for, and that is that we witness the destruction, the abject destruction of these wicked in our midst. Amen. Father, I that it requires something of us, and what it requires of us is the repentance. It requires of us, as we saw in Malachi and others, to acknowledge the sins of the fathers. When you said to them, bring them before and show them. Show them the sins of the fathers. This is why you've abandoned them. Father, I think such is the case here, is that we know you're there, but we know it's not your great pleasure to hand us the victories because we have yet to repent. And so, Father, it is our prayer that repentance would sweep the land and that that, at that repentance, your will and your desire would be to pluck the tares and to bind them and burn them. Amen. Heavenly Father, I don't rejoice in man's decrees and man's foolish attempts at the tolerance. Father, I know that your kingdom, the gospel of your kingdom, is that which we are to seek after and that is what we have been commissioned to be about. I accept it. And Father, I pray that You'll continue to use me in whatever fashion or way these men, their brethren, their households, in whatever way that we can continue to be about our Father's business. That's correct. Pray it, Father, in the blessed holy name of your Son you gave for us as our intercessor. And you said, Lord, wherever two or more are gathered in the midst, you're there. So we thank you for that promise because we know you're here and we thank you for being there, being amongst us. 
for the opportunities that we have to fellowship together. Would to God, Father, that there were those other men that said that they did not want to lose that fellowship. I don't know what more to do. But provided the opportunity and it still exists, it's still here, it hasn't changed. So, Father, whatever is going on and Brother James's life, I don't know, called him a day, well, a week and a half ago now probably, and he didn't return a phone call. I don't know if he's suffering with his lung issues or just missed the call. So I just pray for his well-being as well. Those of our brethren that are not with us here today, Asking these things in the blessed holy name of your Son. Thanking you. Thanking you, Father, again for the joyous births. Thanking you for being with my niece Jessica as she prepares to bring forth new birth. Station your angels around her. She be not forced into something that it be your will to have it be a natural birth and just to be the most blessed and joyous thing she's ever experienced. I ask it. I count on it and I trust in it. Amen. 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 Lord, I'd like to say thank you for the stumbling box you put in our lives. Because they do get our attention. They get our attention real good. Thank you for them, Lord. Teach us how to maneuver through them and use them to our advantage, Lord. Thank you for these other two men, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. You are awesome, Heavenly Father. We thank and praise you for your blessings. Lord God, trip up our enemies. Let another take their office. Let their wives be widows and their children be orphans and beg in the streets and then be no more. Heavenly Father, grant us repentance so that all this can happen. In the name of Jesus, we command us and pray for it. Amen. 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 Well, all right, brothers. You guys take care. We'll catch up with you next week then. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.